Oh, let's go backs. Let's go D-backs. Tie game. Showing a little life. Baseball. Why? It's what I do, David. I'm a loser. It's fine. Let's go. Screw Philly. And welcome back to another episode of Lost of Down, the newest member of the Bruiser Nation podcast network, a division of Snapmere Production. The boys are back in town. Well, Wally's back in town. We've been playing a little bit of musical chairs here, but finally, we're all back. Wally, how the hell are you? Do we have any memes to share from Vegas? It was awesome, first of all. Just, uh, I was, credit to my dad, he was a, a good sport, didn't like rub me, like, or give me a hard time, but I was welling up the entire first quarter. It was just, uh, Steven, I, you get it because you just got the Lambo for the first time like five years ago, maybe a little less than that. And, and it, it was, it's surreal. It's like, this is the team I've rooted for every Sunday in my life. I sit down and watch them play on this field in these jerseys with these home fans. And to be there in person for what sounds like it was a pretty rare Raiders home game where Patriots fans, why would they be traveling right now to, to like hear the Raiders chant throughout the stadium nonstop? It like, it's seriously like even now I'm getting like goosebumps and it's just awesome. Awesome time. I couldn't have it any other way. And oh gosh, I, I, like, I, I literally am like, you can see I'm almost blushing. I'm so excited about it. I feel like, so, I was in Vegas. so you're happy about the win. You're fully back on. What's the deal? People are asking. People are talking. Well, okay. So here's the key. And I went in with, I felt like as healthy of a mindset as I could have had. Because I realized that April, the fourth Thursday in April, I will be disgusted that the Raiders won that game. <laughs> but it's the it's only the first time and only time you ever get to go to your home team's game once. You know what I mean? Or like the first time. And that's where I was at. So I knew that down the road I might hate myself for this, but in the moment I was I was on top of the world before kickoff. It's great. I'd never seen it in a stadium. It might be like the Allegiant thing, but they have red zone in the stadium. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so you're like waiting in line to take a leak, waiting in line for a beer. You watch red zone, and you guys know my dad is a big Bengals fan, so yeah. we're standing there 10 minutes before kickoff watching Geno Smith and the Seahawks at the 10. And I'm like, don't ruin my day before it gets going. Like, I don't need him to be miserable next to me. Like, hey, Bengals, I need to stop here. And luckily they did. And we got to just enjoy it the whole time. But that's that God, it was awesome, guys. They got, they, they, you know, people are gambling. You know, they're gambling at the game. They need one way to watch it. They're brilliant. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And having red zone is perfect. It's like the gambler's wet dream when you get to the witching hour. I love it. David, what about you? How are you doing, buddy? Or do you have any questions for Walter? I'm doing fantastic. I'm just happy Wally's back. In one piece. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Last thing I'll say, because I gave you the gushy good stuff about Vegas. I got to tell you for two seconds what happened. Yes, come on. I was I was already going to ask how you did. As Well, that was, uh, I mean, I did okay. I, I think I came back, like, I don't know, about a buck fifty down. Like, like $150. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and it's like, you, that's basically that's a win. pain to have a good time. So, that part's fine. But as you guys know, I was tentative. I was like 50-50 if I'd be back on Monday. And we found out in Vegas, like days before, that they had switched us from a direct flight home to a connecting flight home. So we had to deal with that. We get home then, and I'm like, all right, you know what? No problem. I'm going to run up real quick to the store. I got to get some supplies for the week. My car's dead. 
cool. Gotta worry about that. Get it jumped. All right, no problem. I'm gonna go do my laundry real quick. At least do something productive. The washer's not working. Oh my so God. it was one of those things where you're like, what? Like, like we're uh, get me back to Vegas. Like, what, what's going on here? The house is broken. You gotta, you gotta just wave the white flag, and you're like, you know what? It's a me day. It's a me day today. Yeah, and it was. It, what it felt like, Stephen, is that. I had to pay my dues for having such a good weekend. No, don't, no, yeah. That's and I know, it's like the sports gods. The sports gods exist. And I sacrifice the Pittsburgh Pirates every year. I sacrifice the Las Vegas Raiders every year. And they, the Buckeyes give me like four months of happiness. That's what it is. Everything evens out. Quite the pendulum that you're living on, Wally. And I it's, love it's it. the best I have. Welcome back. We got the Monday night football game to kind of go over here before we get into the week seven predictions, picks. The Dallas Cowboys walking away victorious, extending their streak. I want to say 10 and 1 coming off uh, coming off a straight up loss here. Um, going to SoFi, beating the Chargers 20 to 17. A sloppy game for the most part. I think two touchdowns in the first three drives. Then all of a sudden it kind of got really boring until the end of the third, start of the fourth quarter. But boys, are we back on the Cowboys hype train now? Okay. I, I don't really know what to make of them. Okay. We, we've seen the highest of highs and we've seen quite lows. And now this feels kind of like a, a perfect middle ground where maybe they're proving they can win a close game against a elite or at least fringe elite quarterback which we, the, the the Chargers lady, right? I, I have to I have to get this off my chest. We all have to agree she's not real. Like she is not that, actually a Chargers Chargers fan, right? That like, there's was, no way. That was so hard to watch, and I was and to and to make it better, that was a game tying touchdown with seven. She was screaming, left. "Get him, get him!" About the like their offense. Yeah, she. She was on the Pat McAfee show the morning after, that Monday after, to be able to confess that she wasn't an NFL plant. But my God, it that that's a pet peeve as a sports fan. People like that. You clearly don't know what's going on. Don't know how you're cheering. I love the support because there's only it's far and few in between you find Chargers fans that are actually Chargers fans, quote unquote. But that was oh my God. It made me cringe. It made my it skin was crawl. cringy. It was spooky. Well, it is October. That's where it is, where it's either she's a plant or if she is a fan, There is there anything more frustrating than when you get into like a gatekeeping competition <laughs> with one of these fans that aren't actually fans where it's like, nobody can root as hard as me. Well, great. If that's what it takes, then I guess I'm not a football fan. Mm. Look, I, uh, I agree she could potentially be a plant just because she was on the Pat McAfee show, like literally hours within the event. <laughs> that just seems, you know, a little. That's shady. hard to do. Like, That's it. Why she not I, I would, I would find it really hard to believe that, like, if that was me getting shown on camera, that Pat McAfee could find me, figure out my name, call me, and schedule me on the show within hours. Right. Well, like, apparently, I find she's, it hard uh, to believe. Not possible. Apparently, her and her husband are season ticket holders. They have a nice suite. It's right there. I don't know. Yeah. So they're rich, but uh, easier to access. My, but rich fans my also issue, are never passionate either. It's, it's like another red. Flag. It's called my, LinkedIn. My issue with the she's other, with the flip side of this, is she's not a plant, right? 
is that the cameras picked her, right? Like this wasn't, you know, she she never asked for this if she wasn't a plant. This is a totally uncontrollable situation. So now she's getting haters for no fucking reason. If you're right, I and, agree. That sucks. And and that's that's just, you know, I, I take advantage of the moment, but like now she's got haters just because she was shown on camera a million times hey, and didn't ask for it. I will take her a million more times rather than seeing Taylor Swift on the damn TV. Give me, give me Please the fucking tweet. Give me the chart. Travis Kelsey yeah. adjusted his stocks. Pan to Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, not only uh, like if she's like a real fan, and we're saying that, then not only that, I'd much rather her nowadays. Where like in the, a place like SoFi, if you are a Chargers fan, you're a suit. These people are. It's like an event. It, they're not fans. That's it's not fair to her. But I also like <laughs> have a hard time believing. Like, there's no Charger fans in the world. We What do we constantly do every week when they talk about the Rams or the Chargers? We talk about how it's a game or a home game for the other team. That makes it, I'm like, I just like, is she really one of the 158 Charger fans in the world? That's lucky. Hey, a lot of averages, baby. We're eventually going to have to find one here. That's true. The week seven previews and picks. Remember, boys are only picking five here each week. Wally, how do we do out in Vegas or while while you were out in Vegas? So last week was the toughest of the year for us so far. Usually we've had a pre- we've actually done a pretty good, uh, at least having two of the three of us be plus money each week. Last week I was the only one plus money, but it was almost like an asterisk next to that. I went three and two with only .25 units up. Steven went two and three. He was about one and a half down, and David two and three with about two and three quarters units down. But that leads us into we're in a very tight race now where I'm. Even record, 15-15, about two units down. Steven, you're three games over 500, about one and a half units up. David's 21-9, and nine, about three and three-quarters units up. So it's pretty, It's anybody's game still. We're within six units. We got 11 weeks before playoffs even, so we're going to do great. It's time to jump on the boys' bandwagon. Everyone against the spread, Vegas has been hitting the spreads. Nail on the head like crazy. We say it every week, but they're like almost – it's like a 50% chance that you're going to hit that spread. Like you're better off just firing off $10 bets at every single spread on, on every side. We'll see how that goes to kick it off for the week. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars headed to new Orleans where the saints are a point and a half favorite and the total set at 39 and a half. We all know that Trevor Lawrence is actually getting the start here tonight. Uh, there's no concern about that. And on the other side of the ball, we got Jamal Williams expected to make his return from IR from a hamstring injury in the backfield there for New Orleans. Boys, are we taking anything here? What are some thoughts? It's ugly. I'm really worried we're going to get like a really ugly game. Gee, on Thursday? I've never heard of that. That's true. It's almost like even if you wanted it not to be ugly, it was doomed to be. I just have worries about Pete Carmichael in this Saints offense like we have for years now. Derek Carr, I love him, but he's not elevating this team. Is it like he is he playing that much better right now? Didn't Andy Dalton played last year? I don't think so. And you know where my thoughts are on Derek Carr. That's where I don't think it's a quarterback issue. There's skill all over. The coaching, maybe the play calling, it's a little worrisome. It makes me a little nervous. But the other thing I wanted to bring up is that Trevor Lawrence, we've talked about him very highly, I feel like, compared to a lot of people. But there is a point 
where don't we need to see a little bit more, a little bit more growth than we've seen so far? Like Justin Herbert's a guy that, myself included, we I've been very critical just because I think he can be a world beater. I think he could be a top three quarterback. It just hasn't happened yet. I just don't understand if this was a realization for me today, why people like me are willing to be critical of Justin Herbert, but then Trevor Lawrence has gotten a pass. It's like we're still doing the Urban Meyer thing for a year and a half later. It's like at some point we need to see Trevor Lawrence be the top five quarterback that we continuously say he'll grow into being. Not even the top five, to be the number one pick, right? Like he is that guy that... Generational. Exactly, that generational talent that you need to see something. And we should have seen, okay, we've seen flashes, maybe a couple of sparks here and there. But like, that's not enough to move the needle at this point in his career. But I love I love it, Wally. You're taking it on the chin because right when you said that, I was like, wow, is that what – I'm like, just like Justin Herbert. And then you took the words right out of my brain. I love that. I love that. And I love you. David, what are you thinking? I'm playing devil's advocate to you guys all night long. I feel like I made the same Good. fucking argument for Justin Fields last year and got destroyed. Give the quarterback four years to develop. Give him he three said four. years to develop. Third year like I, You know, I look, I, I You're you on can me, wipe Trevor Lawrence's first year off Good the call. map with Urban Meyer. It is, it is, you know, I, I agree. I, I want to see more growth out of him. But, like, let's not forget that Herbert's playing with a handicapped coach. And, you know, Lawrence lost his entire first year to the worst, to the, to arguably the worst coach in NFL history, right next to Hugh Jackson. Both of them combined would form an O in three thousand team, but I, I just like I don't know. I'm I'm not expecting a whole lot out of. Keep in mind, this is also a Jaguars team that, outside of one flash in the pan year where they had a f- incredible defense, has been just as bad as the Raiders, the Browns, you know, you name it, as a franchise and. Trevor Lawrence has them as a favorite to win the division since getting there. You know, I, I don't that, like crap shoot division. Same with Herbert. So much. That that is the thing. It's a very weak division. Like how much of that is the Jags? The very weak division that the Jags around. just suck in all the time. I, I you know like that's the uh, that's the counter. But it's like worse now than it's been in. I, I it's it's like what the NFC East was five years ago. Three years ago. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, they have been like that. Uh, th- this one's really tricky. Vegas loves the one-and-a-half-point spreads here with, with the Saints. I feel like that's been the spread the past three weeks here, but New Orleans— Nobody that, can figure out who they are. I mean, they're losers of three of their last four, and their one win that they had, they just absolutely blew the brakes off the New England Patriots, who are a dumpster fire themselves, which we'll get to here later. Take the under. Bet the under. The under, of course. The hindsight twenty twenty. I I can't. I think it was the Saints are six and zero to the under this year. Like they are so bad. Thursday They're, nights are yeah. under. They hit the under six times. They're at twelve straight unders. If you date back to last year, the under last week wow. was twelve two and one. Uh, the under on the season is hitting at a sixty one percent clip overall right now, but. Jacksonville's D is bad. They have given up the most passing yards through six weeks, averaging two hundred and seventy yards given up. New Orleans averages around 217, but I give the nod to the Saints defense as well to give Trevor Lawrence, continue to give Trevor Lawrence a little bit of problems, especially when he's not going to be as mobile with that knee injury here. The Saints have been on the road three of the last four weeks. Now they're back home. They get the party a little bit Thursday and get an extended release here. And Paula, shut up. 
We got the. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm not betting it. I would take the Saints minus one and a half on a flyer here. I'm rooting for that. I think. Uh, I know you and I would be. I don't know about David, but I, I'm. I want Derek Carr. I want the Saints. I want them to be good. I need that for my own narrative. So I'm rooting for it. The Buffalo Bills, almost nine-point favorites, eight-and-a-half, going to Foxborough, where this week we are hearing rumors that Robert Kraft's already prepping for a potential Bill Belichick separation. And it's hard. Like, you know where I stand. Uh, We had the discussion last week. But I, I obviously am a big Bill Belichick, like, legacy guy. But, like, what we're watching right now, what we've seen, at some point you have to make a change and if like last week that it, it's frustrating when you can't score 20 points against a historic like not this year historically <laughs> bad defense but a team that is just known for being i guess easy to scheme up against in the raiders and you still couldn't crack 20 this is one of the only teams in the no it is the only team in the NFL not to score 20 points in a game yet the only reason the raiders had 20 points against them was because of a safety late but I want to show you guys something. If you guys are watching at home, this will be on YouTube TV. We're on YouTube. Excuse me. But Damn, right we didn't make that leap when you were gone. Let's go. Look, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would have been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we are on YouTube TV now. Just kidding. But like, all right, right here, we have the EPA per play up on the screen. The farther right you go, the better your offense is. The higher you go, the better your defense is. But top right is where you want to be. Farthest right, if you see my mouse, this is where you want to be. The Buffalo Bills are at the best clip right now since 2009. They are playing the New England Patriots, who are in the range of a top three pick. This is going to be ugly. This feels like a rare moment where the Patriots are no longer the Patriot way. They're not going to play for their head coach. They're not going to play emotional. They're going to get run out of the building by a division rival, and this will be one of those moments you look back on and say, this is when Bill Belichick, you knew he was gone. Yeah, th- it's turning into one of those moments uh, and the point of his career where it's like, you, you can win as many Super Bowls as you can in your past, but a lot of people are going to remember you as this. A lot of the younger NFL p- fans coming up, players, etc. that's what they're going to remember you as, not that because they were so young. It, it's bad. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Bills are coming off a close game where they looked really ugly, have an opportunity to not only win a game, get another divisional game under their belt to help that record, uh, to come in handy against Miami here down the stretch. I'm, I'm staying away from this one. Smart. I'm going – I'm an idiot. I didn't say it, but Bills minus eight and a half is my bet. That's why I'm so fired up about it. Man, all I saw on that graphic was the Browns have a historic defense and one of the worst offenses in the NFL. But anyways, uh, I've got I was Buffalo. Get to that. Yeah, yeah, I, I've got Buffalo money line as well. Um, I I I almost want to take that and the spread after seeing that graphic, but I just know Buffalo is going to win this game, so I'm just hammering home Buffalo money line. All right, let's roll on where we just talked at length about the Las Vegas Raiders, but they're traveling to Chicago. Three-point favorites against Adam Alfonso's Bears. We're going to almost have to have a mayor's bet, but like a sad one because both of our teams are sad. (laughs) But this is the Tyson Badgett game because Justin Fields is dead. And might I remind you guys, if you uh, have been listening to this podcast for uh, a few months, Tyson Badgett is the guy 
at the combine. We watch him run the forty, and they're like, "Why do they keep showing his dad, Travis Badgett? He's the world class arm wrestler. He was on the TV show Game of Arms. Does that add anything to this? Absolutely not. I just thought you guys would want to know because it's <laughs> going to be AOC, Aiden O'Connell versus Tyson Badgett, and yikes. Not a game I would uh, wish on anybody to have to watch. So, Adam, it might be you and me. But I don't know. I, I, I would like to think the Raiders get to 4-3, and three, so there's like a five-day stretch where I can have fun before the roof comes caving in. How upset were you that Brian Hoyer entered that game that you're at on Sunday and not AOC? See, we saw it happen the week before the Chargers. Uh, well, all right. Line, line, line. The Raiders played the second week of the year. Anyways, Brian Hoyer came in against uh, whatever team it was instead of AOC, and that was when I'm like, maybe if it's not like a game you're prepping for. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking because he he's a he's a pro's pro. He's been in the system under exactly. McDaniel's for a while, so he's always prepared. I get that. But now I wasn't happy, Stephen. To answer your question, it was a sad moment. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally get that. It, this one is. Um, this one's hard. I want to say for the record, I've seen Vegas minus two and a half on FanDuel. So I don't know if we should change that because AOC has a chance to put up a great game through the air where Chicago's allowing the fourth. It is most minus yard. two and a half. You're good, Steven. Chicago's allowing the fourth most yards through the air right now with 267 per game. Flip it to the other side. Now, Mad Max has an opportunity to continue his mayhem. In 2023, we know Chicago is a top, is allowing the third most sacks here in the NFL. I want to say around the 25 mark? Yes, it is. I found it on my sheet. Give me the Raiders minus two and a half. Side note: This is just for anyone who's maybe thinking about the total on this one. Stay the hell away from this total. Chicago is five to one to the over, while the Raiders are five and one to the under. Just food. Who would for have thought. ever thought that happened? Just food for thought. I wanted to throw it out there for y'all if, if that's what you're contemplating. Guys, Wally, I'm sorry, but I've been so feelings. far away from this game. This is this is going to be the ugliest football game maybe ever. Like a battle of, of who wants to lose more, almost. I, I just, God, I don't, I think I'm not going to watch this football game. Wally, you you're going to have to clue me in on, on Sunday. We have an arm wrestler's son at quarterback versus what is yeah, a senator from New York City. Son. Is that true, or did you... the arm wrestler's son didn't he set the record? Didn't he set the record in uh, in like D three or something for touchdown Dude, passes think, yeah. in a career? D two. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything, but this is this might be the this is historic. Actually, this will be the only time in the history of his life that we'll see him at QB one. So, like, really a historic opportunity. I had seen that he was sacked eight times and threw three picks like ten months ago against a school that sounded like imaginary. And that was the last thing I'd seen of him. Like Prairie View A&M. That was my favorite school to <laughs> rack up the stats against in like NCAA 08. Oh, see, that's perfect. I always was throwing it. Again. See, I like to, to schedule obscure places and play on the road. So that that's a blast from the past. But anyways, uh, I don't know. The Falcons go to Bakerville in Tampa Bay. Bucks are two and a half point favorites. The 37.5-point total, which is a theme this week. Listen to these totals as we say them, guys. Low. We're talking about a defensive renaissance in the NFL right now. And we're, while we're talking about defensive 
renaissances. Let's talk about the Bolasance in Tampa Bay, where the Bucks defense is actually playing at such a high level right now that people like David and I were buying back into Baker. When in reality, the metrics and the analytics don't really represent that he's playing much more than as an average quarterback right now. They're three and one or three and two, excuse me. And this is a matchup where it's not sexy. People won't want to watch. But this is a very critical game for who is going to win the NFC South. I'm not betting it, but I think Tampa Bay is going to win because I'm jumping off the ship of Atlanta, guys. They're averaging only four yards per carry. And they've won a ton. Like, where's the rush attack that we've been expecting, waiting for? It makes you wonder, maybe that's why they're forcing Desmond Ritter to throw more because we aren't seeing this run game that we had been anticipating for six months in the offseason. I, well, multiple things, right? So Baker Baker plays like an average quarterback, but you're riding his peaks and valleys. Like, one game he's going to win the game for you. The next game he you know, is going to, it's going to feel like he's losing the game for you. Um, I, as far as the Falcons go, I believe last week they were tied for the giants with only five sacks on the season. So their defense gets a lot of stops, but they are not rushing the quarterback, which is kind of a problem because I mean, if you give Baker time, he's not going to make mistakes. Right. Do you think that ever is an indication about what their secondary has been able to do? Because I think they've made a, better strides than they have but just jesse bates aj terrell do you think them just being able to break up the passes and have a stout secondary ish makes up for their shitty front seven on four absolutely and they could also be doing what the browns did last year which is you hide your you know you have one pass rusher basically and shit on the offensive line or on the defensive line and you play a lot of nickel and a lot of coverage to prevent uh um you know, to prevent getting beat through the air. Uh, and if you have a good secondary, it's going to play out well for you. Uh, but you're going to get eaten alive through the run, as we learned with the Browns. So if they have a good run, uh, like a run D, they're fine. But, like, that could be the – the they could be playing a lot of nickel. I really haven't watched the Falcons' defense that much to tell you what they're playing, but that could be why they're so good in the pass. This is a, a broad question, more or less asking you guys, but – do you know how many turnovers Ritter has this year? Because I need to look it up while we're doing this. But last year, please, please if you got it, let me know. Because the whole point I was making is last year we talked about how this guy doesn't turn the ball over. And now I feel like every time we look, it's like a 2-3 interception game. He has at least six picks this year. Well, I think he's – I thought he was like seven touchdowns, six interceptions, and like two fumbles or something. Okay, so if he has eight turnovers right now, what's he playing for? Because this guy, the whole purpose of Desmond Ritter was he was going to be mistake-free. You were going to run well. You were going to trust this veteran defense that you paid all this money to. And instead, you're turning it over and you're playing from behind in the first half on in the last month. They started hot. They won two games. We were excited. Now, it turns into a weird game. It's why I'm not betting it. Because Baker Mayfield and Desmond Ritter and a turnover off is the last thing I want to deal with on my Sunday afternoon. He's got six touchdowns and six interceptions this year. And <sighs> he's, got, he's got three fumbles. I don't know how many lost. I don't know how many of those are lost. But yeah, six, six, and with yeah. three on there, um, that that is. He's got a good one lost fumble. Okay. Still, yeah. 
That that's still not good. Thirty-three. His QBR is forty. Yes. And that's is that good? And that's the main thing, right? Are we going to get a 300-yard-plus passer and 110-plus rating like we did a couple weeks ago or the three-interception version that we just got this past week? Now, I mean, Detroit kind of, you know, Detroit got bullied a little bit by Detroit's defense. we got to kind of throw that out there. And I think what they did, they and we'll get to it, Detroit still hasn't allowed a 100-yard rusher on the season. I think when they're, wow. they're kind of forcing that, forcing Baker to make those throws, maybe throw a little bit more. That's going to hurt now. But to Tampa Bay's point, they just allowed the fifth fewest rushing yards through the season so far. Bowl of Sons. Under, under 500, 419 yards. They've also allowed just an average of 330 total yards per game. It's right there in the middle of the pack, running at 14th um, at yards per game. But that stout defense, that's what you hear. You mix it in with Wally, his concern about what is wrong with Atlanta's rush offense, coupled with Tampa Bay, not on that historical pace that we once knew them here a couple seasons ago, but they are just still right there as a top five unit against the rush, led by my man Vita Vea. If you're going to cause or force Ritter to play quarterback, this is the question that, that me and David were just asking here a couple weeks ago after that good game he had. He said right when we thought we were going to make him play quarterback, he does this, but then he does it again there on Sunday. If Tampa Bay is able to do that, they're going to come, they're going to come away victorious, not touching this, but I'm with Wally with the Tampa Bay money line, at least thinking about it. Chef's well, kiss. You like that? The, uh, the other thing to think about too is Desmond Ritter – um, so I don't know exactly how many 300 yard games he has, but I'm guessing Not three total. I'm guessing three He's total. He's had two this year. Two of them came in the last two weeks. Yeah. Two, two of them came in the last two weeks. So to Wally's point, Atlanta might actually be testing how good he really is as a quarterback, uh, and throwing a lot more and kind of getting this out of the way early. Uh, so, you know, if he goes through another 300 yard game and ends up with three interceptions again, I I don't think he's gonna play the following week. I really don't. Like, I I don't know why I, I they haven't started. Him. Yeah, well, I think I, that I, he is thing... prone to turnovers, but he's also making better decisions and opening up the field more than uh, Ritter. You're prone to turnovers regardless of where that ball is going or what hands the ball is in for quarterbacks. That ball is getting turned over regardless, as as we already proved that. But who gives you a better chance of winning, especially through the air? Anyone can hand it off. Not everyone can, you know, dice up a defense consistently. Don't forget the run that he was on last year a little bit. Well, no turnovers, but I was just going to say 224 yards was the most he ever had last year. Ritter? Four games. Four games with Ritter. No interceptions, but or like at most in a game was 224 yards. Well, he has two 300-yard games in both of them the last two weeks, and one of them was a phenomenal week. The other one was arguably the worst week of his career. Cool. Big week coming up. The only thing I can think of, you're right, and that's it's a huge week because you could spin it if you're trying to be a Ritter fan, which I don't think any of us are like too far in that camp. That th- this guy is improving. We're seeing the the strides. It's just a concern to me that this guy has failed to get the ball in his playmaker's hands until the last two weeks. Now, if he can continue to do that here, maybe we have something. I just right now, I think that there's hell bent. You know how Arthur Blanks kind of got that like old school mob mentality. Like Ritter seems like a a good man, like a good leader. And I think they are willing, they're willing the football 
acumen to come. And it just hasn't happened. And at some point, you have to say, he can be the best guy in the world. I'd love for him to date my daughter, but he ain't going to be the quarterback of my NFL football team. The Washington Commanders, speaking of Taylor Heineke, two and a half point favorites heading up to MetLife against the New York Giants. And I couldn't stay further away from this game. Washington's front four is going to dismantle Tyrod. We saw what the Giants O-line was looking like the other night. They even lost another guard here. Uh, a Lemieux, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, tore a bicep here Ooh, yeah. in practice. So uh, they're, they're already down linemen, which they cannot lose anymore. Maybe Tyrod's the answer as opposed to Danny Dimes. They min- if they minim- minimalize the mental mistakes, maybe they can walk away and grind out a game. But I just... No, I just can't. Before the Buffalo EPA play, which I will show again for the Browns for David, the (laughs) Washington money line was my fifth bet. I was in love with it. I thought it was great. But then you like stare at the same graphic that made me so excited to bet the bills. And I'm like, why am I touching a game where Washington and New York are realistically just bad football teams? The Giants might be worse right now. But we saw what they did last year, and it leaves that little bit of shadow of doubt in the back of your mind that maybe this is a Giants team that can emerge and at least show itself a week or two here and there. So I'm going to stay away, but Washington money line for sure if I was going to bet. It's just it's two bad teams, and it's hard for me to care. Funny to Rod Taylor, though. Going to take Danny Dimes' job. He already did it. Daniel Jones is, is this limited. Against the, the pass rush? you worried? No, I'm not because Gerard Taylor has gone to like 75 different teams and has been the same player, the same pillar of consistent that on like every team. I I like outside of getting stabbed, like if he never got stabbed in in L.A., we might not know who Justin Herbert is. Uh, We we definitely would. In reality, yeah, in reality, I do think Gerard Taylor actually gives the Giants a better chance to win which is the actual reason I would stay away from betting this game is because I think the Giants could win with somebody who's not going to throw a million interceptions and fumble the ball five times and get paid $40 million, unfortunately. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm staying far away from this for a lot of reasons, but I, I actually think the Giants can win this game with Taylor. And if they do, I don't know how you go back to, Danny Dimes. If we're being real honest with ourselves, I like if if Taylor plays eighty million dollars. Well why? Why? It's a two-year contract, according to everyone who hates Daniel Jones. So you know what? Bench oh, him and start. I know, but Taylor that's still eighty million dollars for two years. Learn it's dead cat money way. too. That's the issue. Yeah, they I are. Know, You're right. They but are. Would you rather? Would you rather way. swallow it, or would you rather fucking win games? And the Giants right now. You got to win point, games. Why does it matter it's, for winning games? It, exactly. At this point of the year, maybe you do say, well, you know what? Let's run him into the ground. Let's see if we can get a top 10 pick. Let's fucking At break one his five neck and we can actually have him out and get the voided contract. That's brilliant, Dave. I never thought of it like that. But if Taylor wins this game, break his neck. I don't know how. Like, what do you tell your fans going back to Daniel Jones? What are you like? What are you telling the we world going back to Daniel Jones fucked. that you don't give a shit about winning? Who is your next game, by the way? Top ten pick. Well, who do you, do we know off the top of our head here? Giants, their next uh, game here. 
It is against the Jets. Wow, yep. and that's at Jet Life Stadium. That will be a key point, though, because here, David, that to your point, if they are going to pull Daniel Jones, I don't think it'll be now. I think it'll be you bring Daniel Jones back and he gets embarrassed by the Jets' defense, very expensive defense. Then it's the, we just got embarrassed by our neighbors. Our neighbors are walking around the street making fun of us, and it's because Daniel Jones looks like shit. That's when I think that you at least, that's that's a, not only a leg to stand on, you got a cane too. It's like one and a half legs. That game well, is going to be so Also, cool. if we're going to look at their schedule, find me a win in, in this schedule. Two games against the Commanders, the Jets, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Patriots, which could be a win. Uh, the Packers, Saints, Eagles twice. And yeah, but Rams. they can't beat the pitch. Oh, never mind. Wrong team. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Thought of Jets. I, I, the Patriots, and no offense, Wally, but the Raiders, and one game. <laughs> no, versus the no offense, take it. No, if Saquon's but on, they can beat the Packers, too. You have maybe three wins on that schedule. Maybe three wins if you start Daniel Jones the rest of this. Season. Eagles week 18 if, if it's locked up. True. That's a good one too. True. I mean, Even, still, then. It's, Even then. It's just a it's this is a really tricky part. The next seven weeks of the NFL season, it's very tricky because the next few you're worried about trades and like when do we pull guys? When do we go after guys? Are we still in it? You have to convince a locker room you care about the future. Then after that, well, maybe we're in it, but we want to keep playing because we're playing for our coach, we're playing for our own career. There's so much that goes into it that I get your point. It's just I have a hard time believing that a Giants team would move off Daniel Jones this quickly after paying him that money. I think you would get another month and a half, two months, and like whether the it's flip side is, their head is, against the wall. The flip side is fuck Daniel Jones. What do you do about uh, you know if you lose this week against the Commanders, your only win on the season is a fucking battle to the end against a team that wants Caleb Williams so badly they're going to trade away their already good quarterback and I mean do you just tank the rest of the season at that point too like maybe you do start Daniel Jones the rest of the season so you can go get Caleb Williams and replace him I don't know like just a thought it it feels like the Giants are so bad right now like we're arguing over nothing because I think whether it be Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor you're going to be in that top 10 pick regardless. I think we're arguing because David's stalling for you bringing up the graphic here because the Cleveland Browns are two and a half point favorites heading up to Lucas Oil Stadium against the Indianapolis Colts. Only David would say that after beating the Niners. The total's at... No, you'd believe it or not, Steven. It's this entire city. I've been in... It's been unbelievable. Like, walking around, it's the whole city. They're they're like... It's almost like self-defense. Like, oh my God, something's going to happen. Like, yeah, no, no, I can't. No, no. I can't be good. Just can't be, be really true. quiet about the defense. Yeah, Shh. exactly. But hey, Deshaun's finally back at practice today. He is carrying the questionable tag, like amongst a handful of other players. But main thing here: Gardner Minshew going up against an elite Browns defense who is allowing just 200 total yards per game. Total. Indy is basically in the wrong direction of the bottom 15 of defense, including allowing 25 points per game. Give me the brownies minus two and a half. Why the hell not? The offense is historically bad, and Wally showed it on that EPA graphic earlier. The defense is the best in the league by far. We've already said it. It's historic. It is a top defense all time as it stands right now, and the offense 
is literally on par with the worst teams in the NFL this year. If it weren't for the defense, the Browns would be their typical fucking four in and thirteen bullshit team. And we're gonna we're gonna I I got into it with Wally set privately last week at, or actually really not last week on Sunday. It was uh, what Sunday, and but it wasn't yeah. even like I I wasn't trying to be like angry. I'm just telling no, you. No, but it's hey, it's let's smell the the flowers. You know what I mean? Fuck the flowers. Why should I smell the flower? This is the same. This is we've we've it's like we switched fucking positions. Last year the offense was so good, the defense couldn't stop the run. We could we didn't know what to do defensively. And now I got a historic I got a historic defense and my offense, I got a quarterback who who you know has a fucking tampon in and can't take it out. We don't know if his shoulder is hurt or if he's just being a pussy. And I've got a fucking I've got an injured historically good running back. I've got no, like the offense can't move the ball for shit. And we pull a guy off of, you know, who was sitting on his couch at home on three days notice in the offense to play to start because we're so we know our fifth round rookie is so bad that we don't want him to play again. And I I just like I I don't I'm not going to be happy about a win if this offense doesn't get any better, because what it means is, is sure we might win 10 games we might we might have a defense so good we can win 10 games but the minute we get to the playoffs we're getting obliterated and and not just obliterated like historically obliterated in the playoffs and it's because our offense isn't going to be able to move the ball against a playoff defense and i don't want that why would i want that it's i'd rather miss the playoffs with this shit show offense than then go into the playoffs all excited, like, oh, my God, the Browns made it again. Uh, and they get blown out by 40 to the Dolphins. Not, not what I'm I'll here I'll tell for. you why. Because it's week seven, and you guys can be on almost a, a very awkwardly inversed trajectory to what the Bills were last year. Because the Bills were electric on offense. They were very good on defense. We saw in that Tennessee game, Deshaun Watson's last game, that he was able to play. He was flashing those signs of being a very good quarterback again. And if he can even get back now, he has to play. I get that. But if he can get back to that point of being an average quarterback with a defense like this, we're not even talking about winning a game or two with an average offense. This is a team that can win the Super Bowl. an average offense with a team that has given up a thousand yards and it is October 19th. A thousand yards. This isn't 1994. This isn't 1967. This is 2023. And we are watching offenses. Yeah, struggle a little this year, but at a clip, in a historic clip uh, for the league with how good they've done. And the Browns have said no. Jim Swartz has said no. The pass rush has said no. Hell, the running defense has said no after what last year. I mean, remember where we were 12 months ago, David. So I just... There's a lot of reason for optimism, a lot of reason for belief, and I just am not at the point where I get you guys, you Browns fans right now. Like I think this is a bet, by the way. I have minus two and a half, two and, a half and I know I'm betting on a couple rookie or a backup quarterbacks, I should say. P.J. Walker, knowing he can't turn the ball over against this team with your defense, they're going to win. By a field goal, at least give it to me. I hammer it. We can That's do it. I'd fine. be slamming Look, this thing. Let's go, Hear me out. Deshaun Watson, you just you you brought up a great thing about Deshaun Watson, the legend of Deshaun Watson. Maybe he'll be a good quarterback again. 
I have a conspiracy theory that he is sitting out because he cannot get back to that form. And this is his way of holding out one more year before the whole fucking world turns on him as a guy. <laughs> and like the last remaining semblance of likability of Deshaun Watson is maybe one day he'll return back to the top five quarterback form he once was at. And if that goes away, I like, I don't even want him on the Browns, like $230 million. Just eat it. I, I, I don't even want him on the Browns anymore. If he can't even cut snip, you have the owner to do to it. it. I know. But like, this is, this is, if, if he can't get back, like if this is going to be an excuse, right? He comes back in six weeks when he decides he's, no longer got a bruised shoulder, then I and he doesn't play unbelievable. We're gonna all everyone's gonna be like, oh, it's the shoulder, it's the shoulder, it's bothering him, and I'm gonna I am gonna hard press that bullshit. He's bad. He's just straight up bad now. And I am I have a quick question riding though. that train. I I just have to ask you this because from the sounds of it right now, the the difference between the Baker injury and the Deshaun Watson injury is less of a pain thing, and it's more of a actual functionality of the, the shoulder. So, like, Deshaun isn't able to get that high velocity on throws right now, even though it doesn't hurt, where Baker was playing through pain, but it didn't really, I guess, affect the my actual ability. Motion. Yeah, my like, I'm just on, curious. My like, difference that, on, that stance on that is the way that each, like, first of all, they, they didn't want Baker to play, and he wanted to play anyways. Secondly... My issue with all of that and all of the excuses is two weeks ago, we couldn't, we got a different answer out of Stefanski, Barry, and Deshaun Watson on the shoulder. I agree. If you, if he actually had real issues with that shoulder, they all would have been aligned. So I call me a skeptic, but I've, I've, I don't believe in the Browns as a structured France. I don't care what the past five years have looked like, I don't believe in them as a structured franchise enough. Even though I love Andrew Barry, I don't believe in them as a structured franchise to go to actually be saying uh, to actually for Deshaun Watson to actually have a real injury on the shoulder. And I can't get three consistent answers from the organization. I, I don't blame you. I I get it, uh, Stephen. I know. Did did you already give your pick on this game? Yeah, or I led, I led with it, baby. OK, I want to make sure that you gave your pick. I didn't want to take it away. Before it was over, David, we'll see. It's a long season. We, I think, in a month from now, we're gonna have a much clearer idea on this too. It's just gonna be a matter of how it plays out. But the other team off of uh, one of the Great Lakes here, the Detroit Lions, they are going to Baltimore, going into uh, the Browns' rival territory here. Ravens are three-point favorites, and I'll just give you my pick straight up. It's gonna be a Lions money line kind of day. Both of these defenses are very good. Both of the offenses are trending up. The difference is, is that I love me some Motor City Kitties. I love me some Jared Goff. I love me Dan Campbell and the culture this team has created. This isn't just like, you know, we've seen it plenty of times in the past where, you know, most teams get hyped, they fall short. A lot of teams get hyped up, they do well, but they like, you know, it's like there's a certain ceiling. This team has been hyped up, and their ceiling is the Super Bowl. This is a team that has gone from being the laughingstock of the NFL to now there is a real chance that in four or five months we're talking about Honolulu Blue. Talking about that in Las Vegas in February, 
I'm buying in. Give me the money line. Todd Munkin's offense might be getting better. Not against wow. this team. Go Lions. Motor City Kitties. Get it done. Give me the money line. I love that pick. I am on the plus three pick because I I don't know why. I actually really want to take Detroit money line, so I'm changing that to Do Detroit it. money line. Let's go. As we talk right now. And here's the thing. Do you guys remember uh, Dan Campbell's first year as a Lions head coach at all? The knee, the kneecaps and like they went like 0-11 to start or something like that? So they actually, he would have gotten his first win much sooner had uh, Justin Tucker not hit a 67-yard field goal yep. to win a game against the Detroit Lions. So that, that Lions team is significantly worse today uh, or significantly better today than they were previously and the Ravens are significantly worse than they were two years ago in my opinion as you know I don't know we can argue that point but I think they're significantly worse overall Uh, yeah I I guess I'm right in the middle I'm right in the middle on that I think defense is better offense is worse I think the Lions are gonna win this game I pick plus three because Justin Tucker factor you know I'll never I can never trust a game against the Ravens because they have the best kicker in NFL history but uh, I, you, so on the record, what are my, you doing? Money line? Money line. Okay. I'm doing money line because you've you got me hyped up into it. Uh, and I'm hoping Detroit gets this win and kind of builds some momentum. And, and, you know, we see them be like the second or third best team in the NFC and solidify it. Roar. Motor that was a cat sound. Roar. Please, please stop that and replace that with, a real, with, a, with a real sound. That is a sound. I might I might give you my roar after because people might get frightened if they hear my roar before theirs. Hey, Wally, why don't you? Hey, you're up here. I need you here, bud. Um, when <laughs> like like I already alluded to here before, Detroit has yet to allow a hundred yard rusher here on the season. They're only allowing sixty four point seven yards per game on the ground. But Baltimore, that's a top five rushing offense here. Ravens D has now allowed the second fewest yards. In the NFL, the least amount of yards, uh, the least amount of yards of any team that that has played six games so far. Goff and Co are going to need to get it figured out how they're going to move that ball. I'm staying away from this game. If I was a betting man, black sheep, give me the Ravens plus three, especially if it moves up to that three and a half. Here's a really fun fact too to really chew on: Lions are five and one against the spread. Ravens are four and one against the spread. Talk about a nightmarish gamble on the money here, or on the numbers. I'm staying away from this. Before we get into our 4 o'clock slate here for Week 7, we want you to know that this Week 7 preview and picks is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're our age where it feels like there's a college graduation, a wedding, baby pictures, you name it, it's happening. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check it out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. Or on her Instagram at Sawdad and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. The Arizona Cardinals are going northwest to face the Seattle Seahawks with their 7.5-point favorites. The total set at 44.5. And I'll let y'all go, y'all go here because I've talked way too much this past two minutes. No, you haven't. I've been loving the voice. But what I will say is the Arizona defense has been brutal. But you have a pretty average offense so far, which 
I know that Jonathan Gannon is a defensive coach, so the thought initially is, what is he not doing? Where the offense is doing well, the defense is poorly. This is a very roster-depleted team, and what I actually see from that would be this is a team playing hard for Jonathan Gannon, that while this season continues, you're actually going to see the defense get better. That means that you might see a Cardinals team win five or six games. They probably won't win this game, though. I ain't touching it. Geno Smith in Seattle, they are going to get it done. And all of a sudden, they're still only a game out. I know that two weeks ago, David and I put this division on ice. We said it was the 49ers. It was over. Put it to bed. At least they can make us think about it. I still think it's over. But at least they can make us think about it if they keep winning. And maybe the 49ers slip up somewhere. I kind of dig Arizona. Plus seven and a half, but I'm staying away from this game. It's a divisional game, so I don't think the spread's really going to be seven and a half. Arizona plays teams tough. Um, they might lose by ten, but it's going to be close early. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I kind of dig the the plus seven and a half, but I'm not going to uh, get involved with it. Don't worry, David. That's why I'm here. Give me the Arizona Cardinals plus seven and a half here. They, we've, we've all been talking about how competitive Arizona has been. Seattle just one and one as a home favorite, small sample size, just as much as a small sample size of them being one and oh against the spread coming off a loss so far. That's where Arizona is two and two when coming off the loss as well. But Seattle's been giving up the fifth most yards through the air in the NFL right now, while also having a starting five worth of offensive linemen on the injury report here this week. Buda Baker back at practice. We got Kyler Murray back at practice, who obviously isn't going to play, but the energy is high in the gym right now, boys. And we know that Arizona can get after that quarterback, where Seattle's kind of struggling, which we saw last week, especially at the tail end of that Seahawks-Bengals game. A lot of pressures on Geno Smith. Arizona's got 18 sacks, tied for eighth in the NFL right now. Give me the cards plus seven and a half here for my third bet of the week. You know what? David said it, but I, I'm with you. If I was going to bet, I'm with you there. So, you know what? Go cards, go Gannon, go Red Gang. So, Pittsburgh also going out west. The Rams minus three. SoFi Stadium, as tradition, I have to mention it's a road game. There will be a lot of terrible towels in the stands. Total is 43 and a half. It's kind of gross, though, right? Like, I like this is a game. I I don't have a strong feeling, guys. I, I Stephen, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I think that we align with each other. But I don't know what to expect yeah. in this game. I I, I actually want to say that the Rams win, but it's the Steelers. I don't know Stafford hip issues it's every the single time. Can the Rams block T.J. Watt? Exactly. I don't know. And this is a conversation we have every single week, right? Right when we're about to call the Steelers dead, they pull it out of their ass somehow. I'm not going to touch this game with a 10-foot pole for the record, but this is the game that Pittsburgh is going to win where they shouldn't. They are 10-6-1 their last 19 games against the spread dating to last year. The Rams are only 1-1 one one against the spread coming off of a loss just this year. And I feel like quietly riding the money, the Steelers money line all season would be fun, which also made me have a realization. Why haven't we been doing that since Ben Roethlisberger left? Even the last couple, last couple years, just ride the money line. They're above 500. They're never going to be a favorite. So it's always at plus money. And you're always going to walk away in the green because they always land above 500. And you're going to tell me, 
I hate. And you're going to tell me there's not a sense. plus two ten, a plus two fifty, a plus three hundred instance where they're winning games? Because I could think of one last year. I'm blanking on it right now, but I swear to God, I got one from last year. Well, they went what nine and eight, and last year they were, they were dead to the world, myself included. They're like, oh, that's a four and thirteen team. Exactly. It's a five and twelve team. Mike Tomlin ain't gonna win eight game or uh, go five hundred this year. And then you blink, and you're like, oh my god. They went six and two down the stretch. There's no way they're less than like, like a plus one forty at any line, and that's being generous. And I came and that has to be like what I wonder what their line was for the Texans. I gotta pull this Google sheet back I up. I can't and check believe it. you're not taking your your historical. It's like a there's like an NF or what is it AFC South uh, streak here. The Steelers have not beat the Rams dating back to 1938 on the West Coast ever. They have never beat the Rams in... How many times have they played? That's my question. Ten. Oh, that's a lot. That's enough. And also, my foot's in my mouth because the Steelers were three-point favorites. 0-10 oh on the West Coast versus L.A. We just saw the Jets beat the Eagles for the first time. Steelers, money line, baby. Side bet. I, 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 in all seriousness, I actually agree. The Steelers are probably going to win this game, but this is a classic... This is going to be another Mike Tomlin classic where they shouldn't be in the fucking game, and they would. TJ Watt, just, four you know, we've said it. It's just another. It's seventeen another, to fourteen win. Yeah, it's just no, another like Tomlin fourteen classic. to eleven. I'm going to be angry about it because I think the Steelers should be way worse than they actually are. But it's just going to be the only thing that could upset that is if Aaron Donald just absolutely demolishes uh, Pickett. If that, if that happens this could be a rough day for the Steelers George Pickens about to have a 200 yard game oh doc dirty me doc dirty to me Steven but I have I'll, I'll doc dirty to you baby you doc dirty to me I, I can't even say that again like I'm trying to do it and I can't even <laughs> say what I said but I just saw a stat on NFL game day kickoff here on the NFL network and I had to uh relay it to you guys and to the people at home not like they'll hear before the Thursday night game but Trevor Lawrence went 38 and 2 in his college career. Why are we bringing up college, you say? Because he went 0-2 at the Caesar Superdome. And that is where he is playing tonight. So he can't play there. He can't play. It's, it's, it's a New Orleans thing. You can't take the big easy lightly. You Now that makes me feel better. The Saints win. I feel better. Anyways, that's all I had. Let's go to Stevens Packers minus 1.5 at Denver. Which is alarming to think about because Denver is... An atrocity to man, something that deserves to get the United States into war. And instead, we have Stevens Packers going in as only a one and a half point favorite. Steven, make it make sense for me. I'm just surprised that Green Bay was going to be a favorite at some point this year, right? I mean, we've seen it, but we've, because of the injuries, you've seen it change, you know, last second, last couple days. Since 2003, road favorites coming off of a bye week. Went 77-49-2, so 61% against the spread. I know I saved it for my Packers. Put that in mind, in the back of your mind, for Pittsburgh traveling to L.A. I'm just saying there, too. Denver's D has given up the most yards in the NFL at over 2,600 yards. I know what you're saying. What about that Miami game where Miami racked up 726 yards? Let's cut that in half. Broncos still beating the next team by over 300 yards. 
they they are bad. I don't know how they've fallen off a cliff like they have. But the Packers' offense has also not really looked too great. They've looked horrible the past couple weeks leading into the bye. Jair Alexander, their uh, star cornerback, has now landed on the IR with his back issue that keeps flaring up, along with other members of the defense. Question marks on Aaron Jones here, too. I'm staying away from this game for the sake of the pod. Maybe it could be more attractive once you see who is who's inactive, who isn't active on, or who is active on Sunday. For now, I'm staying away from it. Don't you kind of think about, and I don't mean this is a shot at you, Stephen, because you were a baby like I was. We were like six, seven, just like David. I always think of the helicopter run. When I see the Broncos and the Packers, it's got to be the way people look at the Raiders and Steelers, the way the immaculate yep. reception happened, or the Broncos, Browns is the drive. I literally close my eyes and you say Packers, Broncos, and I think it's the 90s, and I think that you're going to see a 35 to 31 shootout between John Elway yep. and Brett Favre. So I I'm rooting for you guys. You deserve to be favorites. I'm rooting for it. We need it. Let's get a Packers country. Let's ride going, but I hope you're right. Steven, or I hope, I hope I you guys that. win. I should say, I want to know what Vegas knows that I don't know. Cause if, if I had to guess this line without seeing it, I would have probably said at least three in favor of Green Bay. Damn. Right? So, I, like, it's, I, the home favorite's a three-point stretch. If that was in Green Bay, this would be a four-and-a-half-point spread, which I find wild. That's fair. I, I just – I don't think it's that wild, though. Think about it. Green Bay's defense isn't – they're not great, but they're not bad. And, you know, Denver's offense, yeah. not very good. And Denver's defense is the worst in the league, and it's not close. I just – what do you – I don't know. I just don't see where, like, why it's only one and a half. Somebody's got to convince me of that. If I was betting, I'd bet Green Bay one and a half and money line. If I was allowed to bet unlimited bets, it'd be Green Bay one and a half and money line. Unlimited. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. Don't forget that. The Los Angeles Chargers heading to Arrowhead, where the Chiefs are five and a half point favorites, and that total set at 47 and a half. Dude, these next couple of games are juicy, and I cannot wait for that 4 o'clock slate to hit. David, what are you feeling on this game? This is going to be a close one. It's because you and I touched – I think it was – I'm losing track of time, but I think it was Monday's pod. You and I talked about Kansas City and Philly. Uh, you know, they're just not they're, – they're stuck in the mud, right? I don't – while the Chargers aren't – as good as they should be, I think this game's going to be really, really close. Um, if I was betting on it, I'd pick the Chargers plus five and a half, and I'd probably pick Kansas City money line still. But I, I this isn't one of my bets of the week. I saved all of mine for the bottom, apparently, or for the last couple games we're talking about, I should say. But I don't know. I, I think this game's going to be a lot closer. I don't think it's going to be total set at 47 and a half. That's a pretty good line. I, I 27-24 feels like a line for this game, to be honest. I am going to tell you why Steven and I are on the right side of history. Because <laughs> the last six times these teams have played, which means Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes should have been there, except one. I'll explain why when we get there. But over the last three years, the Chargers lost by three. They lost by three. They lost by six in overtime. They won by six. 
They won by 17. That's the game I mentioned. Patrick Mahomes, I'm pretty sure, was sitting because the Chiefs were probably up 158 games on the rest of the AFC West. And then they lost by three in overtime. So what I am describing is that of the five of the last six games, they would cover this spread. And this is a should, should be better Chargers team than those. This is a worse Chiefs team than those. So this is a Chargers team that I wish I had nuts, man. I wish I had hair on these peaches down here because I want to say they're going to win this game and shock the world. I want to, and I won't do it because I just feel like this is free money. If you do it, I do it. If you do it, I do it. Do you want to do it? Are we? Are we? Are, be careful. Let me go. Let me. It. All right. Think about it. You think about it. But I am definitely taking either plus five and a half or money line. I need to hear what you're saying. No, I, I think the five and a half is such a lock here. Um, I, That's what been, scares me. I like, don't want to come off of free money. Well, like we were just talking about, right? The Eagles, the Chiefs, we're just waiting. We're waiting for that game. It just happened with Philly, right? But on average, because I think the Chargers already had a bye week here, they're averaging the most passing yards allowed. Game. I just just a hair under 290. But thank God they fixed that rush defense we were worried about here last year. Uh, another week of Eckler back here. He doesn't really historically have great games outside of one in the past maybe eight or nine um, that he's done well in against them. But Kansas City hasn't really played anyone either. I don't really know what the pulse of this team is, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, sure, you played Trevor Lawrence, but what were the other ones? Justin Fields and the lackluster Chicago Bears, Zach Wilson and the Jets, who which – we all remember that was his best career statistical game that they had in the NFL. Jared Goff in the Lions week one. You can always brush week one off. The Chargers need to get it going. Brandon Staley has to feel his ass on fire right now. One way to kind of pat that fire down, a win against the Chiefs in the division. Then all of a sudden, what what is that? Uh, what do those standings even look like? I have quarterback or NFL standings up here somewhere. All right, so uh, AFC West, you mean? So the AFC West, the Chiefs are five and one. The Chargers are two and three. The Raiders are three and three. They won't be a factor. You but never like, know. They are two and a half. They moved to three out. and three. That brings the that brings the Chiefs down to five and two. And you add that in the division. Now all of a sudden you're one game back. Yeah, you're like think about it right now. If they lose this game, they're three and a half out. The division's on ice. But if you win this game. It's a real, like, discussion again. A game and a half out. You have another game, quote-unquote, at home, you two people. You can see it. But if you get these two wins against the Chiefs, it's it's your division to lose. It's They're like the flashy offensive version of the Steelers, right? Right when you're just like, they're dead. Right when you think they're gone, they pull me back in. So, are we doing it or are we not doing it? It's fine either way. I just, like... You said you'd do it if I do it, and I'm like, now you're talking. Okay, let's it. go. It's we a unit. Re- it's a unit, regardless, right? It we're is. Doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're riding. We're riding. We're oh my god! All right, the boys are oh. on the bolts this week. Oh my god, we're actually doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. Let's go. I changed it. it's official. It's on there. Oh, let me get it in the Google sheet. And I'll do the same thing. You you add it to the official sheet for me, but I change it here. We are on Chargers money line. We're getting. I can't wait. I'm gonna look like that damn Chargers woman watching this game on Sunday now. Like, come on, get him, get him. That's yeah, me. We're the we're we're the real plants for the NFL. We are. Right we'll now. be the real plants. Miami has plenty of plants. So is Philadelphia, I'm sure. Mike Trout for one. 
And the Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Miami. It feels like another sneaky Super Bowl matchup, 51-and-a-half. It's important I mention that to you guys because the bet here is the over, and I have the over of 51-and-a-half. This is an average defense for Philly. It is a bad defense for Miami. Miami has the highest DVOA offense in the entire NFL. Philly has seventh. This is going to be a points palooza. Make Philadelphia prove me wrong. I have been backing their defense for a month and a half, and I'm tired. I'm so exhausted. (laughs) It ain't happening. I'm done doing it. Miami, Philly, over 51 and a half points all day. I'm taking Miami plus two and a half. I I kind of want to take money line, but I don't know why I'm hesitant. I think it's because I'm still Join holding me. on to last year's Eagles team. Join me. I, I can't do He's it. He's going to do the same thing. I'll do it if you do it. Can't do it. I'm already doing it. Come on. All right, I'll do it. Yeah, Miami yeah. money line. Yeah. Daddy, let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's back if to back. If I had back. a six bet, I'd join Dang. right now. All right, Miami money line. I don't – like, I – this is and this is gonna pain me if Philly actually plays as good as they should. Uh, but I don't I don't know how Philly's gonna stop this Miami team. I really don't. Their their secondary is depleted. I don't fucking Tyreek Hill goes in motion on every play. I don't know how you cover it. Nobody has this season. I, I just I don't know what Philly's gonna do. David, this is just a kindness. This isn't a bet. This is a Wally. I'm trying to welcome you into joining the more scary side of gambling world. If Miami loses this game by two or one points where you'd lose the bet or tie, I'll take you out to dinner. We'll, we'll, we'll have a dinner on me, and we can talk about my poor life choices and about how you should be taking fewer money lines like this. But they're not going to. I think you're going to enjoy that money line trip with Steven because if I was going to do it, I would take Miami too. See, Wally, Wally, Wally's already trying to spend the money we're winning from the Chargers game uh, that we just uh, It's already won. It's gone. <laughs> I, I already spent it. <laughs> Check. I know. I'm, I think I'm getting a new car. I'm going to go to the dealership tomorrow and sign it off. I bought a beanbag chair 20 seconds ago. Nobody was looking. Yeah, David, I'm headed up. Let me get that uh, Let me get that family discount, baby. Give me the Miami money line, too. It's electric. Back-to-back bangers. We got the money line. Just what an awesome game that we can have for Sunday night. Miami has just kind of, they've kept things rolling ever since they got demolished by Buffalo here a couple weeks ago. Philly is coming off of that loss, so it does kind of make me question that because they haven't really dealt with that maybe twice, three times in the last calendar year. So it's it's been rough, but Miami is averaging 316 yards per game. Philly's been giving up the ninth most yards. Philly's pass rush is going to need to get after Tua here because this is an offensive line unit, and Thanks a lot to Tua just getting the ball out quick. Only been sacked six times this this year so far. So if they can continue that, Tyreek Hill does his thing, going to eclipse the 1,000-yard mark in Week 7, which is bonkers to think about. Miami money line. Let's get it. Mm. San Francisco on Monday night, seven-point touchdown favorites going to Minneapolis against the Vikings, Souls 44. This feels like a yummy get-right game for San Francisco's offense and and at least a test for the defense. So I'm excited for the game. I won't have a gamble on it, but this feels like at least a fun Monday night football game to watch. Look, first off, I cannot believe we moved on from Miami-Philadelphia without at least mentioning Tua versus Jalen Hurts, who Tua stole Jalen Hurts' job at Alabama. Oh, wow, yeah. This is my... Wait, is this their first matchup against each other? It's got to yeah. be. 
Wow, I can't. Good call, David. I would have hated my life if we didn't bring that up. Good I, job. Uh, look, I'm just saying. Uh, but that's like that's usually Wally where your specialty is. We're coming in with the revenge. That's game. why I like didn't even like think that's about. That's a real I feel factor. Like the Jalen Hurts revenge game on Tua. Just saying. But anyways, San go. Francisco. Damn. This <gasps> is my this is my free win of the week that I will always take as a safety blanket. San Francisco money line. There's no way they lose this game. It's it's going to be a slaughter. Minnesota, you know, Kirk is going to turn the ball over three times, and we're going to, you know, he'll throw for 350 yards because they won't run the football. And it's just going to be a disaster. But San Francisco is going to win, and that's what I'm betting on. I'm also staying away from this game. A lot of quite, we'll see what <laughs> CMC is looking like, Debo. I know that they both weren't at practice. They both listed as day-to-day, so they should be good to go. Minnesota's just screwed against this team, right? Outside of Christian Darisol, I don't really trust this offensive line. Kirk Cousins is without Justin Jefferson, which was going to be tough already against this defense. Even though San Fran's passing unit is maybe the one that you're going to want to attack, but Godspeed even getting there with Nick Bosa coming off that line amongst the arsenal of defensive linemen they have there in San Fran, I'm good. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, 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 You hear it. Steven, you got it. Why are you making sound effects when you have the ability to edit that? We got the pop, lock, and drop it because he can edit it out, baby. (laughs) We got the prop of the week, the the lock, and the drop that we have here for the week. Wally, the dancing man himself, why don't you start us off? Oh, it's easy because the first drive, regardless of what team gets the ball in Chicago, Las Vegas, it will be a punt. You you bet $130, you win $100. And that's going to happen. Buffalo minus... Eight and a half against New England. That's the lock. I told you, EPA, we're talking about the best teams in football versus the worst teams in football. It will be ugly in the drop. I wanted to say Vegas at Chicago, but I think I've got to tee up my boys here because I think I agree with them. I think you got to stay away from Chargers. Chargers. I think you got to stay away from Steelers, Rams in LA. But let's go to David and wrap it up with Steven himself. David, what do you have? Prop up and drop. Uh, so Jared Goff over one and a half passing touchdowns was at plus 120. And wow, it just feels like, yeah, it just felt like a good bet. It's probably, you know, back to being a favorite now. But at the time I looked, it was plus 120. Um, I'm also betting on Calvin Ridley anytime touchdown scorer. That was at plus 200 uh, at some point this week. Um, I... If it happens, great, but it just feels like, right a, now. feels like a good game for it to happen. Uh, my lock, San Francisco. That's like a plus 500 parlay if you do it, too. I, why not? Fuck it. I'm the, I make parlays all the time in this section of the podcast. Let's do it. Parlay it. My lock, San Francisco money line. My drop, Pitt versus L.A. Uh, I don't know. It's easy, but it just feels like there's no other clearer games for lock and drop. I I feel like we're kind of leaving ourselves short here with with not taking Pittsburgh money line for three plus money bangers on the week. I'm just saying let's keep that in the back of our mind. Here's a plus money. Banger. Wait 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 wait. Whoa, hold up. Are the Steelers three point? Wow, they're three point underdogs. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I can see why you're saying that, but I'm fine. Carry on, Stephen. I apologize. Talk about a. Wild card banger here. My prop of the week is Marquise Valdez Scantling anytime touchdown score at plus four thirty 
found that one on FanDuel because fuck it, why not? It's a risky play. I'm going to give you that. He's maybe getting he's getting sub 50% of the snaps here. But going up against a Chargers team who's giving up a ton of the yards in the passing game, Pat Mahomes and that offense, is, they're going to need to get into a shootout, which we know we, we can. We've been waiting for that game. What are they also going to, going to need? A deep threat. I'm calling my shot here like I'm fucking Babe Ruth himself. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, anytime touchdown score at plus 430. My lock of the week is Miami plus two, uh, 2.5, which is now the Miami money line. Psych. It's going to be the Chargers money line as my lock of the week, Wally. I am you back You did the same here. thing? You did the reverse? I had to. I had to. And it looks like you, you all were following me on this one, the drop, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Rams line. I don't want to touch it, even though I kind of really want to, but I think my demons are trying to talk me into it while the angel on my other shoulder is talking me out of it. But with that, that'll bring us to an end of another episode of loss of down. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe on our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at loss of down retweet us, retweet us on Twitter X at down underscore loss. Remember this episode is brought to you by Abby Turner creative as well as being a the newest member of the Bruiser Nation podcast network. Boys, do we have any parting words for the fans? I have just a couple. Travis Etienne. Sorry. Because Around the NFL is one of my favorite things to listen to. They have patented Young and Sweaty as the defensive line name for the Washington Commanders. Marte, or, uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Young and sweaty, it to me feels like a must happen. We need, we need that pass rush to be good because that feels, that feels like a, a, a like a pass rush name that belongs in like the divisional round, doesn't it? That's one like yeah. the Purple People Eaters, the New York Sack Exchange. Like we need something like that again. Young and sweaty, bring it back. Let's get twenty-five combined sacks at least. We need it. I like that. Yeah, we need to see, uh-huh. we need to see more Chase Young. We do. We do. We absolutely do. Love you, boys. My wings are here. Just win, baby. Hell out. Oh, just win. Look at you. Look at them about to be over 500 at this week, and then we can post this in a year when they go 4-13. Yes, we can. Yes, we can.